Hello everybody and welcome back to the PME podcast. I've uh, finally <laughs> got around to doing an actual episode. Incredible. Incredible. I, I do promise by the new year um, I'll be able to do more podcasts, a bit more like weekly. It's just I've been so busy at the moment. Um, I've, uh, as I've said a couple episodes ago, I'm trying to... to basically get a design job at the moment and with those um jobs you need to do like you get to a second stage you have to do design briefs for them so i've been really busy doing that at the moment so that's why there's been a big hold up but yeah i'm uh i'm here i'm here to talk about um several arsenal games but in particular the recent one against leeds so i've had a look at what games i've actually missed um and I've actually missed a lot of games. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, I, I've had a look, and it was Man United, Man United game, the Everton game, the Southampton game, the West Ham game, <laughs> and the Leeds game. Now, now I will say some of these games have gone come quite quickly in a row. So, like the Man United game, for example, the Everton game, they're four days apart. Southampton game and West Ham game, four days apart, and then the Leeds game just gone this Saturday so it's all gone quite quickly but I mean it's been a very interesting period almost like a month of games I've missed uh, and there's been some really interesting stuff to talk about each game uh, I think the Man United game was a, you know I'll try and summarize these briefly but the Man United game was a really I think quite disappointing well it was obviously disappointing but a big opportunity was missed I think in that game because um, they weren't particularly brilliant and we just we just want brilliant, and I will talk about a certain individual uh, in a in a bit as the reason why I think we won that brilliant on the day. Uh, and then Everton was just really disappointing result from from this perspective of they haven't won like a game in like ten or something, and we've just given them that win. And these games, you know, and Man United you can lose. You know, you don't want to lose events against Man United, but you can lose that game. But games like Everton, you need to win. You need to win. You need to win those games. If Arsenal want to get top four, they have to win those games. So it's very disappointing that they lost that. Um, Southampton game was a really fun game. I actually think it was the best up to that point. I think that was one of the best performances of the season. The first goal, I mean, it's been shown over and over again. It was really lovely. Really yeah. nicely worked. Um it was just a really fun, fun evening that was, and then the West Ham game is, you know, the the game, the big game that I think showed the world that okay, I think they're serious this time. You know, West Ham have been really good for the last two seasons, and we just came in there and we dominated them, and I think it shows how important the home for home, like home form and actually being at home for Arsenal has been with fans. I'm not saying that they, they, they were the big reason why we won that game, but I definitely think there's a case to say that, you know, that this game that next like last year, without the fans and behind closed doors, I think they'd lose, to be honest with you. It's just something about the encouragement um, that is really important for this Arsenal team and this Arsenal manager. And I think the Leeds game that we're talking about now, I think that's a... I think there was actually more significant than West Ham game because 
The away form has been really poor this season. Now, you have to take it with a pinch of salt, and we'll talk about this in a bit with with how young the Leeds team was. But, you know, it's 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 one of those games where it could get sticky, and there was a sticky there was a couple of sticky moments in that game, and they really they mentally it's a mental thing I think with this Arsenal team, which for a young team is not surprising, but they've got to make sure that they don't they know they know what they're doing, and I I actually put a tweet out saying that for that Leeds game if if Thomas Partey doesn't have a, if if he has a bad game we will lose that game if he has a good game we'll win that game it was all based within the midfield, in my view, that game, how significant that would be. And they were just professional and they, they did their jobs and we got the win. So, yeah, let's talk a bit more about that game in depth. Um, so, Leeds were very much, very interesting because we were the only game, obviously, that weekend uh, on that Saturday because every game before I'd been called off due to the COVID outbreak of an Omricon. Omicron, 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 Omicron. I don't know. Um, so we were the we were the like the only game on TV that day, and that lead team. It was very interesting because they were depleted, but they wasn't really through COVID. It was through injuries. I mean, there's been so many injuries for Leeds. You do wonder how they sustain it, and I think it's, you know. I'm not saying they're expected to, to beat Arsenal. They weren't, but this is a game that you know they gave us a really hard game last season. Um, at, at home, we—I mean, we should have really lost that game last season, Allen Road, and we somehow got a draw from it. Um, I think that was the Pepe red card game. The the game that I think personally it was the end, certainly the end for Pepe. Um, but anyway, that you know this, this is a hard place on the road. And they had a very depleted squad, um, but they still had pretty. I mean, it was actually interesting. Their team, as a whole, was still one year older and average than Arsenal's team. So, some really interesting just perspective on how young this Arsenal team was. And Arteta with the Arsenal team, he hasn't changed it. I like the idea of the team he's put out now, especially with Aubameyang not there. I think it's very balanced. I, I think it works really well. I think it just sh- that to the, the the game on Saturday. I think it really showed how balanced the team is now. I think it's I think it's probably the best team he could have right now, which is interesting because it doesn't involve Smith Rowe, and Smith Rowe for me has been the best player of the season so far. So it's the 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 competition for places is getting so much better, and I, I that's why I think. You know, Laconga, well, I, I think he's been a fantastic signing. I would like another sort of elite midfielder in there, especially with, you know, Partey and Xhaka getting older. I think someone younger but elite like Bruno Gamares would be perfect for this Arsenal team and what they're trying to do. So I'm hoping he comes, but I'm, I'm not, you know, I'm not very, uh, you know, I'm saying... I don't know. I don't know what, what I'm trying to think of. Like, I'm not. I'm not hopeful, but I could definitely see it as well. Definitely. Um, so yeah, let's talk about the game immediately. From the first minute, we were all over him, and I was really shocked just how quick we were off the pace. Now we'd been like this for a couple of weeks, but we we kind of calmed down the intensity of the beginning. But we were all over him, and and Saka actually. So the first opportunity is a bit of a scramble. 
and then Saka essentially misses an open goal and even though he missed the open goal I sort of knew at that point I was like, okay we're going to get loads of chances here and if God I tell you what Saka my goodness me he was all over him all game he was so good so so good um, so yeah the first goal um, nice interplay it goes on Saka again a little bit of a scramble with the box Saka gets pulled down bit of commotion and then Martinelli just arriving from the left but the flash just puts it onto the top corner and it's a, it's an unbelievable finish unbelievable finish I mean yes I mean like, uh, the, the, the lead goalie maybe he should have done a bit better but it's still a fantastic finish and he's improved so much Martinelli I think in that regard he just sniffs goal he just, you know, he sniffs the goal, and it's absolutely brilliant intent from him. Um, I mean, it, I think the goal does show the the youngness of the leads, like in terms of experience, but it's still a fantastic finish. Um, and pretty much from then on, it was you know blood and water, or whatever. It, it was the intent was so on from that point, and they were getting chances and chances, and you know. Imparte had a really good chance as well, I think just before or after. And when Parte is like in your box shooting from like seven, I don't know how many yards, but quite close, I knew they were in trouble, Leeds. Uh, but just before the second goal, um, Rafinha had a really good chance. and He's a very odd player, Rafinha. I think he's very good. And I think he's got uh, a long way to go. In terms of like the Premier League, I think he's got so much to offer, but I'm not sure. This performance was very interesting. Um, um, he took on, I think it was Ben White, and I'm not sure who. It might have been Shaka uh, or Tierney. It might have been Tierney, and he puts it just wide, and that's a that was a huge let off, huge huge let off. And then from then on, it was just you know in you know, the races or whatever. Um, so yeah, uh, the second goal because there was, I mean, the incident with Shaka is a really interesting one. He didn't get sent off, but it was quite a vicious challenge. Um, I think, I think for Shaka, he got away with it to be honest. Because on another day, I think people could look at that and, and definitely give him a red, especially with what happened in the Liverpool Tottenham game. I think there's, um, so many possibilities for how. You know, he could be sent off. He could be booked, but he's very lucky. And I actually thought he was a, he was really good, whole game. Shaka actually, I think, I think he was. I I said last week. I think he's bit he's becoming, actually more of a leader than what he was as captain. He's there's definitely a sense of he's took um, Arta. He 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 was very inclined to kind of call out the senior players about how to lead I and mean, they need to lead the youth players after the Man United game uh, and the Everton game and I think Shaka has took that on board I think I'll ignore the Everton game like I really should because he had just come back but I think he's been really good actually since he's come back and he's definitely one of those players that is a Marmite player he's either you hate him or you love him do you know what I mean like you, you, you can't it, it, you pretty can't put your finger on it now. I 
I've actually, as he's been here longer, I've grown to like him a lot more. I actually think out of all the managers he's played for, so Wenger, Emery, Youngberg, and now Arteta, I think his best tenure as a player has been under Arteta. Uh, Arteta. Um, I just think he's figured out what sort of player he wants. And it's interesting because I think with Shaka, you know, Man City actually wanted to sign him. Uh, Arteta had claimed he tried to sign him when he was with Pep. And I could definitely see why. Um, I could see, I could, I mean, I'm not saying he's world class, but I'm saying he's he's definitely got a good, when, when, he, when he wants to, he's got a really good IQ and reading of, a football match, so I could I could see why they wanted to do, to do that potentially, but I mean he's a very interesting character, Shaka, and I think he was very good in this game. And to go on to the second goal, um, loose ball, uh, I think it was um, I think it was either Koch or Furpa who ran out with the ball, lost it in the middle. Shaka had probably the easiest ball to do. Why not eat? Well, it wasn't. It was. E- it was quite difficult in terms of like you could have easily fucked it, but I think it was easy in terms of like if you saw the space, like you should really be doing it. Uh, Martinelli's through a little bit of a stumble and lobs it over the keeper to make it two 0 And I got to say, that was a fantastic goal. And Martinelli, man, he is he is just something else. That boy, and we are now kind of seeing the fruits of the the training. I think, you know, there was a lot of discussions of where he's, where is he going to play for Arsenal? Is he going to be left wing? Is he going to be centre forward? And again, there's been this debate about it. And I, you know, I said, oh, I would like him to get the number nine shirt. I mean, I only said that because I think as a fit, you know, I think he'd be great as the number nine. But I could definitely see the club. Um, and we'll talk about the Aubameyang situation in a minute. Uh, definitely giving him the 14 at some point. There was rumours of him getting the number 10 last year, but obviously that hasn't happened. Um, I just think he's been been fantastic. I think the role he's on, the, the role, it's just unbelievable. And he's just gotten so much better. I mean, he was he was a kid, you know, when he was with Emery. And while I still think his best tenure as a player is under Emery still, uh, Martinelli, because... He was just, he was just killing it, especially for his age. Um, he shouldn't have been doing what he was doing, but I think um, Martinelli is really growing as a man now. You know, not just because he's getting older and you can see it in his face and stuff, but as a player, he's maturing. His defensive awareness is fantastic. I think, you know, everyone. I think we all wanted to see more of him last season, and rightly so because he wasn't playing as much and he should have been playing more. I think the injury hasn't helped him as well. But I think he's really now coming into his own. I think he's performing who he is as a player. And I think he's got a lot of potential to do even more for Arsenal. He's just... And he's a very humble kid. It's very obvious when you listen to him speak. And he is the future of Arsenal. And I think he'll save the club a lot of money. You know, I'm not saying they're not going to buy a striker. But someone like Martini, maybe they don't need his profile. Maybe they just go all out for a really good target man in the summer, which you know I will talk about a bit after the analysis on the game. But 
you know, that's why I think they need to focus on the summer as a big target man. I think Arsenal as a club, you know, I've talked about this, I think Arteta's style is a target man kind of hybrid. You know, look at what Lacazette's doing. He's all, he's His hold-up play is quite decent, Lacazette. And I think they just want an upgrade on him. I think Aubameyang, in terms of a getting in behind with three creative midfielders behind him, I think that also works. But I also think that you have to do that against certain opponents. And I think that's why he's also struggled. Um, I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if, if Aubameyang does come back to the fold. I'd be very... You know, I actually think he'll play on the left. I think... I Don't ask me why, but I think they, they might try Lacazette and Aubameyang again. You know, up on the left. Uh, Lacazette, Odegaard, Saka. I think that's what they will potentially go with. But I don't think I, mean, I don't think Aubameyang gets in this team. To be honest with you, I think if, if Martinelli, Smith Rowe are playing the way they're playing right now, why why should Aubameyang come back? And now he's no longer the captain. I don't think you can really justify either. I think he's. I think he's been. It's a shame because I think as much as he can be silly and goofy, you know, he has done so many good things for Arsenal. Aubameyang, you know, he won us the FA Cup in the final. Um, and he's been a really good servant for the club. But I think his attitude has now changed. I think I think the stuff that's happened behind the scenes has broke the... You know, I think Arteta's been trying to be quite lenient with him. But I think his latest, you know, issue, whatever it was, I think it's the, you know, the straw that broke the camel's back. I think, uh, I think yeah, that's it for him, to be honest with you. Because I... The way, the way this is played out in public with the, the stripping of the captaincy, I think it's really something that I think is telling. And I think the way we played without him, both Southampton and Leeds, uh, is quite shocking, I think. I think it's not just an attitude thing. I think it's a performance thing. You know, what happens to him next month, I don't know. I don't think he goes, but I, you know, something will happen. You know, there's talk about Barcelona alone. I just don't see Arsenal loaning a player like Aubameyang without getting someone back. I'm still pretty damn adamant, honestly. I really am that this club may try to do an Aubameyang Dembele swap because it could be an interesting deal if 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 they can get Dembele going. Um. In terms of fitness, I mean, he's a, he's a talented player, super talented player, and I am I'm not against it necessarily, but you know I I don't know if that would ever materialise. I'm only saying this because he's on six months of steel. I think the two could look at that situation and just go, well, this is what we should do. I mean, it could happen. I don't know if it will, but I could definitely see it happening. But I mean, the the question comes though is like, where do you play Dembele? You know, you do play him on the right. We've got, you know, it, Dembele could come if maybe Pepe goes, but I don't think Pepe's going. But then he hasn't played as well. So it's an interesting situation. I, I mean, I don't particularly know what I think. There's been big rumours of Kulareski. Um, I, can't, I can't say his name from Juventus. And I actually think that will happen. I think there's a lot of momentum built towards that transfer. 
and uh, if it if it gets a little further, I'll talk more in depth about it. But it's very interesting links right now. I think we'll be busy next month from stuff I've heard. Um, it's it it sounds like it's going our way. So oh, I've, I've rambled a bit, but yeah, we'll uh, <laughs> we'll get back on track with the game. Um, and then so we're three 0 up at half time. I was really impressed. It should have been more. To be honest, um, we go in the game. It's quite a slow start. I'm not sure what minute it was, but uh, Tommy Osu comes off injured. He was really good again, and he is just minding his own business, doing his part for the team, and he's showing, you know, so so much maturity for a 23 year old. I think he's really impressive, and I just I really like him. Something about him. I, there's just something about the way he, he conducts his business on the pitch. Just does his job. Doesn't give a shit. Gets on with it. I mean, I I, I like to think he's like an Espelicueta clone. Or, you know, that sort of player. That's who he reminds me of as a player. Does his job. Will play anywhere on the pitch. Doesn't matter. Um, and I really like him. When he had to come off, um, I think, yeah, muscle strain. He... Corners, I'll tell you, he had the load on him, basically meaning, you know, he, he's played a lot, and he has played a lot of minutes. Uh, and then Cedric come on, uh, he, he's, <laughs> oh God, he's he's not, he's I, I'm not going to say anything uh, too negative, but, oh God, I don't like him at all. He's not very good. Um, it's very frustrating to watch, I think, Cedric, because, as you would have seen for the penalty, he basically just gets torn apart positionally, and it's just so frustrating. You know, he's he's, he's he is dead wood, really, and we need to upgrade. I think on that position, God knows what what they do, but they they definitely need to figure something out because he's not good enough, unfortunately. Um, again, Maitland Niles that should be his role. He should be the centre mid right back, uh, right back. Um, you know, backup option. And he'd be perfect at that, but he doesn't want to do that. And it's so frustrating because I think he offers so much in that position. Um, and it's a shame. It's a big shame. But we uh, see the penalty, Ben White tackles uh, Gladhart, I think his name is, um, who's a good little player. I quite like him. Um, just clumsy. He really didn't even need to do it, to be honest. The angle, like, he would have cut it across, but whether it would have been a tapping, I don't know. But his penalty away, Rafinha with a great penalty. Nothing you can't can't say anything about that penalty unless it was absolutely brilliant. Um, and yeah, with his three one, and at that point it got really nervy. I think, I think it was at that point there was just so much um, kind of anxiousness, and you kind of see the old um, sort of problems we saw at Everton um, but then there's a change Saka comes off for Smith Rowe which I was surprised because Odegaard who again has had a fantastic game and I will talk about Odegaard in a little bit um, you know he came off for Saka he was on a book I think he was on a booking at the point so I kind of I kind of got it the sub but he he come off there's a right near the end like the 77th minute um I think Tyler Roberts really loose ball. Smithrow gets it, drives, 
uh, Odegaard, they drive. Odegaard with an incredible little chip through ball. And Smithro just clinically half folly to to make it four one. And he, my God, man, that Smithro, he he really, you know, I play FIFA, and you know, I haven't played it much this year, but he's gonna, he's definitely got to be a tender for like, uh, you know, team of the season or headliners. That's it, yeah, because he's just been so good, goal after goal after goal. And he deserves his flowers. He he's really been fantastic this season, and that goal I think really summed it up. Um, just fantastic finish, and that was that was game over at that point. Uh, nothing really happened at that point, to be honest. But Leeds, um, you know, I always I was you know people were talking about oh it's a plated Leeds side, but the the support of Leeds is so good. I mean. Mentally, it will be hard regardless. I don't think I, you know, I don't think they'd only they'd only lost a couple of games at home this season. Uh, so fair play, and they just tore apart Arsenal really, except for the little moment. Um, Arsenal really dominated the game, and whether that's to play the squad, I don't know. But they've still, you know, besides from maybe strikers and uh, Calvin Phillips, I mean, there wasn't many people out. You know, it's just a couple of youth team players. On the on the pitch and at the bench, so it's hard to tell. I definitely think with Bamford and maybe Dan James, it would have been a bit of a different game. But I still think it would have been pretty comfortable for Arsenal the way they played. Um, but really, just great performance. Um, and yeah, I mean, they they've got it's, it was a fascinating performance. I think from a perspective of where we go from here. Uh, we have Norwich next week. I, I suspect we will win that game, but I don't know. Norwich is a Dean Smith is a funny old bloke, bless him. Um, so who knows? Who knows about that game? Uh, I I wonder with Dean Smith because he he's beaten us a couple times. That does he have any tricks up our sleeves? I don't, I don't know. I don't know. So fair play, very good performance. And let's move on to the Q&A. You know, I do this podcast. Like, I talk about us and whatnot. But I actually do this podcast just because I really enjoy doing the questions. Um, <laughs> and that is why I do the podcast. Um, literally, I've always been a person who just like asks people questions, no matter what it is. So that's what I'm uh, doing. Um, so we'll start, we'll start with the questions. The first question is from Josh at J-A-N-A-F-C-10. Arsenal's front four for Norwich. Um, I don't think you change it. Why cha- You know, why change it? Um, the only change maybe just to give him a rest maybe is o- Smith-Rowe for Odegaard. Or o- yeah, Smith-Rowe for Odegaard because I think Odegaard, he looks a little tired He's been um, he's been unbelievable, but I I, I think Smith Rowe, maybe. Um, I don't think you need Odegaard for that game. I think you can rest him. So maybe that change. But that's you know just just keep the the system was working so far well. So I'd maybe potentially change it. Um, so yeah, I'd I'd keep that front four. Um, the next question is from Modern Era at the Modern Era Two. Uh, Arsenal signings for January. Um, I think I I do wonder what they'll do. 
I've heard a lot of rumours, and I've read, uh, I've had a couple of people talk to me about potentially what would happen in January. I think Kulovsky has got so much momentum. I, I actually think it will happen. I, I do wonder where he will play, though. I mean, I, I actually think he's the Lacazette replacement, potentially. And I could see it because this it, it, the, the, the stats on FB Ref really, you know, when you look at them, um, you do get the sense that he could potentially convert into a striker. I mean, Henri was a winger. I'm not obviously they're not certain players. Henri is Henri, but Henri was a winger. He never thought he'd be a striker, and he converted. And he, he became a striker. And Kulovsky's six foot two. Physically, I think he's quite impressive for his age. I I could see it. To be honest with you, I could see them doing it. Um, I'm not sure what he's like heading wise, but. I'm sure, you know, players around, you know, 18 to 23 to 24, they're so moldable, you know, and he is definitely one that I think could happen in January, just considering the momentum. Maybe a swap deal with Bamiang, who knows, but definitely that. I, mean, I, I really do want a centre mid, but I don't think that will happen now. I mean, with with Shaka, um Coming back early and and doing very well, I I don't think they'll actually buy a centre mid. Maybe a replacement for El Nene, who seems to be on the way out. But even then, I'm not sure. I mean, there's a, quite a significant link to Guaido Rodriguez um, this week, and yeah, I mean that could be an interesting signing. Very much, I think, a Rodri um, signing in terms of what I think they're trying to do. But I, I don't know. I mean, that seems like something that could be in the summer. But he's on the older side as well. And I'm not sure if that's the move they should make. But we'll see. It'll be a very interesting uh, month. I definitely think outgoings will be more the query instead of incomings. But we'll see. Um, so thank you very much for that question. So the next question is from at AFC Ferry underscore Ferry. Um, Who's the perfect striker for Arsenal? <laughs> and he puts, why is it uh, Amon Gori? Oh, God, I, I know I've pronounced that wrong. Um, he's an interesting player. Um, it, it, I don't know. I don't know. There's so many different possibilities. Um, I think, I actually think we will sell, sign Calvert-Lewin. That's the opinion that I personally have because... The way the links come out a couple of weeks ago reminded me of when Ben White was signed, and the initial links that come out were very much in the similar vein. So I, I'm interested to see what they do with the striker. I think it's vital for Arteta. He's gotten a lot of things right so far uh, in his run, but that's the one thing he has to get right. There's no, you can't fuck it up because they'll spend significant money on the striker, no doubt, and. Well, I would like to, um, you know, while I would like to get Velvich, I don't think we'll get Velvich. As much as Torreira has been fantastic and it helps the situation a lot, I just don't think we'll sign him. Just It seems like a Juventus thing. They want him and again, it's like, oh, we, we don't have any money. When it's a load of bollocks, it's just poor as fuck. Well, it's not bollocks because they're poor as fuck, but it's just, you know, it's a load of rubbish. Um... But I'm not sure. I mean, I love Jonathan David, but that's that's one that what will happen. You know, will Jonathan David come? 
will this, this it'll be a lot of money, and will it be worth that money? Could Pepe be thrown uh, into the transfer? I don't know. I really don't know. So it'd be an interesting. What my uh, my feeling is that it will be Calvert Lewin. Uh, to be honest with you. Um, so the next question is from Large Lewis at Macchio Saka. Uh, who do you think will finish as Arsenal's top scorer in the Premier League and in all competitions? And um, why will both? Why will it both be Marcelo? Uh, are also? Are you looking to for guests and co-hosts? Um, right. So I think the person who will end up as the top scorer for this season will be Smith Rowe. It's just something about him this season where he's, he's just really clicking for him. Uh, definitely could be Martinelli, definitely, but I think it will be Smith Rowe. I could, I just think it will be uh, in all competitions. Um, and am I looking for guests? Yes, I will. Um, maybe, just maybe, next week, because I'm off for Christmas, um, I might try and get some guests on. I've got people... That who are willing to come on, I think a lot of people would like to come on actually. So I'd have to talk to them and see what. I mean, my awkward, my schedule is so awkward because I work in the evenings, so it's very difficult to get people on. But I would definitely start to get people on. I really do. As much as it's very annoying how like up and down these podcasts are t- in terms of coming out, I really do enjoy doing them. So we'll have to see. We'll have to see, but definitely, you know. I will try and get guests on, definitely. Um, thank you very much for the question. Um, the next question is from J Ilham at Mufid underscore J. Oh, okay, who do you think will sign? Which centre forward do you think we should sign? Uh, dream choice, and who do you think we will risk sign? So realistically, I think it would be Calvin Lewin. I just think the links were really significant that day, and I, I, I could just see it. And I think my dream choice... As much as I do think he is flawed, and I do think he will take some time if he joins Arsenal. It's still Valvich because you know the potential he has for his age, and just physically. I mean, for a twenty-one-year-old, he's massive, humongous person. So, yeah, definitely Valvich. Um, so that would be my two choices. Um, so thank you very much for the question. Um, so the next question is from. <laughs> it says whole name. Uh, average. Ramsdale, appreciator, at no nolly. Uh, love him. Well, I love everybody, but he's a legend. Um, if you had to pick one Arsenal player to play James Bond, who would it be? Ooh. Well, that was an interesting question, because I don't watch many films, but I have watched one James Bond film. So I can. I feel like I can answer this. Uh, who would I pick to play James Bond? Hmm, that's an interesting question. Probably, probably Mari. Pablo Mari. Could definitely see it, or would be a super villain. One of the two, but I'll go Mari, definitely. Um, <laughs> and Remy put in the replies, he's going to tell you that he's never watched a James Bond. Well, sir, you are wrong. I have watched one James Bond film, and I was sick in the cinema because it did the motion, it screwed me over. So I've watched one. James Bonfield. Um Prexit <laughs> The next question is from Prexit Edison. Uh who is the best manager in the world and why is it Arteta? 
Uh, who is the best manager in the world? Um, oh, that's a difficult question. Um, I'll still go with Pep. I think you have to go Pep. I was going to say Klopp. But it's hard. It's definitely out of those two. Definitely. So, but definitely in those two. Um, for me, it's it's they you know they've really changed English football in the last five years, so I think it's hard to debate anyone else really. Um, <laughs> this question is from Matt. I think he I think he's just got his name as Matt because I kept screwing up his name. But at AFC MCJ, uh, am I the Arsenal glue? Because he, he he goes to the, the every game he's gone to, I think we've won. And why is Martin Odegaard the greatest link of all time? Uh, it is the greatest link up of all time because it is balanced. Like everything in life, if you are not balanced, it will not be correct. will not be as good. So that is why they are the greatest of all time. Uh, thank you for the question. Um, next question is from my guy Remy at RA underscore MI34. Uh, Isaac, DCL or Watkins? Um, DCL, definitely. Uh, Watkins second and Isaac third. Isaac, for the money that we'd have to pay for him, I don't, I'm not a fan, but he's still very talented. Um, so that, thank you for the question. Um, next question is if the COVID situation continues, would you rather the games be postponed or played behind closed doors? Now, it will probably be closed behind closed doors, but I think it, I'd, I'd prefer it to be postponed, obviously, because I think. Without the fans for this Arsenal team, I think they are actually a lot worse. I think it's a psychology thing. So definitely, I would prefer it postponed. But it will be, it'll be called. It won't be called off. They're, they're pushing through now. So we'll, we'll have to we'll have to see. Um, <laughs> but yeah, we will uh, definitely would prefer it be postponed. Um, the next question is from my guy, my guy Haas. Um, Aaron Christopher Ramsdale fan at Lildrop 10 goes, thoughts on Arsenal Arsenal the best one, uh, banning uh, banging nine goals in three games with Abba out the side and wrecking t- two XG on average um, yeah definitely um, it's, it's, it's scary how much better I think we are without Aubameyang I just, I just think he's it's a combination of so many things for Birmingham, but it it it's I think it's just sad. I think it's sad to see it, it it's sad in some ways for me because we shouldn't be that much better without him. But we just are. We just are much better without him. Um and I, I just think we've played so well recently, he doesn't get into the team. And he should probably go as well. I mean if he the amount of money he's on, if he can't produce he's got to go it's a business do you know what I mean like it, it, we, they, if if an employee's shit you don't just keep it on for like 200 grand you, you sack him and they've got to get it I think they've got to figure out a way to get him out at the same time figure out a solution to bring somebody in so we'll have to see um, so yeah I think a lot of it is on about me yeah. I really do um, <laughs> I won't say his actual name because I'll get him in trouble. But at, uh, at Acid Prive, Cooper Sacks, my guy. My guy. Uh, favourite Christmas movie? 
Ooh. That is a tough one. Uh, probably Elf. I'm not a super duper Christmas guy. Um, I do. I try to do stuff around Christmas, like help people out who are in need. Um, but I don't really. I've never been a big Christmas person in general. Uh, I think it's quite depressing for me um, personally. But I really like Elf. That's the the one film that always kills me. It's just so dumb. <laughs> But it's quite it's quite a sweet story, so I definitely got Elf. Um, the next question, thank you for the question, bro. Um, the next question is from AFC Niz, a Felix type or Velvich type forward for Arsenal, which is an interesting question. I think Velvich is the type we need. I love Felix. If we have the opportunity, to get him. But Velvich has just got so much to offer. I think. I think for the way Arteta wants to play, I think he's perfect. I, as I said, I think we are a target man team without the target man right now. So we'll have to see, but definitely a Velvich type of uh, striker. Um, thank you for the question. Uh, the next question is from Jack at Odegaard Things. Where do we need to improve this team going forward? Uh, interesting. Um, I think this team going forward needs quality depth. Because I don't think we have that right now. I think they need another world-class centre midfielder. I think they should get one creative midfielder. I really want... Do you know the player I'd actually really like to sign? Which I don't think we'll sign now. Because I think he'll go to City or somebody else. But uh, and Cuckoo. Because he can play as a striker. And he can play a creative midfielder. I think somebody like him. as Not exactly depth. But rotational. It could work really well. But I just I don't think we have the capability to sign him unless we get top four potentially. But I think he'd be a great signing. But yeah, a creative midfielder, a world class element. Obviously, the strikers we need to sort out as well. Uh, I think a better right back for Cedric because I think he's terrible. I think he needs to go. Uh, Saliba. I'm not even sure if we need a centre back to be honest. I'd keep Chambers. Um, I, we've got Saliba to integrate. Um, we need a backup goalie, I think, if Leno eventually goes. But I just think quality in depth because it will improve everybody. But we need to keep the age. They need to keep going with the age uh, profiles, I think, as well. Definitely. Uh, the next question is from Adan uh, at Adan underscore AFC. Um, do you think Conte will succeed in Spurs more than Arteta's uh, more than Arteta in less time? Um, it will be interesting to see with Conte. It, who knows? Very impressive against Liverpool, but Liverpool had a very much string B team, even a C team out really. So it's hard to gauge where they are right now. I think them being out of Europe is obviously will they, they'll do much better in the Premier League. I always think it's very embarrassing, to be honest with you. So, we'll have to see, but it depends who they bring in and how long he actually wants to stay. You know, it, that match against Arteta is going to be so interesting. It is not just because it's North London derby in a way, but just to see how they, you know, Conte's never faced Arteta and vice versa. So, it'd be interesting to see how they, they deal with each other, especially with Arteta having more of the squad he wants. Um, so we'll see in time. But it's I think it's a toss up personally. I really do. On paper it should be Conte. 
but momentum is significant. And Arteta's got this momentum now. Who knows, really? Um, <laughs> and that's basically the. There's one more question. I had a, I had a tweet from from Joel saying, "Can you hold this ratio?" No. Um, <laughs> uh, so the last question is alternatives to Valvic. I've talked about it quite briefly. I think Kudovetsky could be that potential uh, alternative because of the profile. It's hard. It's hard to gauge where the alternatives is for him. It was what he's like. I mean, they could go the very out of nowhere option for Arsenal. So that could be a possibility as well. But we have to see. We'll have to see. But I think over time we'll see it clearer and clearer. I think it will be Calvert Learn. So again, we'll just have to see in time. Um, and yes, with that said, I believe that is all the questions for the podcast. So. Thank you very much. Have a great day and thank you for listening. Goodbye. Goodbye. Bye. Bye.